more professional. I'm A.H. Cayley. I come to you via a career of both sports and politics media and I swear to God I am usually more professional. I'm joined by two guys who are usually leagues more professional than this. First no, up, oh, there it's we just, go. No, that's, a, that's the first line. Well that voice you just heard is Joe Hildebrand. How are you? Hi A.H. How are you? Yeah I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. Is that all? Do you want more information? <laughs> yeah. Like I did, I did some laundry on the weekend. I hung the clothes out. We got a new clothesline. I got a new it's fridge. Ten meters long. I don't want a new fridge. Yeah, it's great. French doors. No, unfortunately not. I'm not <laughs> Sorry, on that. I'm not, not on that celebrity. French door Sorry, money. That's, oh yeah, yeah. That's someone right. who, <laughs> sweet, sweet French door money. <laughs> well, someone who might be on that sweet French door money is Sam Dastiari. I'm How more are into you? the kind of feng shui. Good, very, very good. Good to be here. Um, yes, I've, I've had a. I'm, I'm very. I'm actually feeling quite professional today. I'm wearing a, a collared shirt. Wearing I'm wearing a jacket, jeans. You are I'm really because proud I have of like how a, far you've come and how far I've come <laughs> in the past week. You know, now that I have like a real job, and uh, yeah, I've had an interesting week. I am. Uh, I did a four corners thing last night. Oh, that little thing! Yes. A scandal story. Scandal. My scandal of the week. We just, yeah, let's call <laughs> it. Let's call it now. Scandal of the week. Well, look, let's launch right into that. Okay. Can, so. can I start by saying this is what I love about Australia? Australia. Last night, I mate, you know, four corners thing runs. I'm not going to watch that shit because you know I'm just going to get worked up. So doing interview. Well, obviously, you're watching Married at First Sight. Uh, who isn't right? Oh, yeah. uh, I end up going going out to a restaurant, and someone comes up to me and goes, "Oh my god." How are you here? I just saw you on Four Corners. And I'm oh like, God, you realize this isn't live. Yeah. <laughs> Four Corners is not made live. Like it's live streamed. Like yeah, Jesus Christ superstar. That's right. That's right. Well, look, let's quickly give some context to anyone oh, who, that's hasn't, not. who hasn't heard. <laughs> At time of recording, yes, the Four Corners report was last night. Um, it's emerged that Peter Dutton. Uh, was paid tens of thousands of dollars to secure a meeting with Chinese billionaire Huang Zhengmo. No, hang on, no, no. Santoro was Santoro. paid $10,000 to set up a meeting with Peter Dutton and that's where I get confused. Because where do you come into it? It is okay, confusing. Okay. So, so, so yeah. let me tell you where I come to it, okay, <laughs> everywhere, unfortunately. Uh, firstly, uh, I've known Hong Kong Mo for a long time. Yep. Uh, he is the reason he's I the resigned from Parliament. Fired, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. I resigned from Parliament over my links with this guy. Um, he, look, there is a whole lot of speculation about whether or not what his role was or wasn't kind of in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ASIO in the end decided not to grant him a citizenship visa on security grounds. Because that's what these meetings were about. It was about trying to help secure him. Okay. So there's two separate things here going mm-hmm. on here. Right? One is this guy's own application mm-hmm. to become an Australian citizen. Mm-hmm. So he was a very, very big and prominent Chinese community leader, right? Yep. In part because he just flashed around shitloads of money, right? So all the Chinese organisations, institutions in Sydney, um, effectively he was the patron of all of them. Right. right. And he was the single largest political donor to the two major parties. He was the largest donor of the Labor Party and the largest donor of the Liberal Party. Mm. Which Hedges ma- bets. Yeah, which makes you a serious player in the world of influence peddling. So um, the two separate issues here. One is uh, Huang Zhang Mo's visa application appears to have been, again, 
unknowns to me, but appears to have been tied up for a long period of time. Now it turns out that that's possibly because ASIO thought he was no, no. on the spot. <laughs> yes, yes. Now it turns out that because ASIO held some suspicions. Yeah. In the end, it was rejected. It was rejected on security grounds. What exactly that was has never been probably released. But the speculation is that you know he was a communist spy. And it is is it that he was a communist spy, or is it just that any Chinese businessman? of that standing or probably of any standing is going to have serious links to the Communist Party because that's the only yeah. way you beca- so can become a businessman. This is what makes it standing. really hard, right? And I, th- I think this is what makes it really difficult for the security agencies now. I think there was a point in time where a Russian spy was a Russian spy. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. you in this complicated world of, you're right, who is, an, who is a legitimate businessman who is doing business with government and what is a, you know, all the big Chinese businesses are effectively state-owned. Yep. So who is doing state-owned business with a state-owned company? Uh, and who who is a genuine patriot who strongly believes in China-Australia relations and strongly believes in, you know, topical issues of the day in favour of China? Just as but you go you go to a meeting of the Bosnian community and the Serbian community out in Sydney and they'll have very, very strong views about geopolitics back home, the Indian community, the Pakistani community, get them to talk about the Indians and whatnot. You know what I mean? Kashmir, all these things, right? What is a legitimate view being held and where are people actually operating as agents? And that is, I, I think, from a security agency perspective, now become an incredibly, incredible difficult area because, you know, you're right, all these things are tied up. So anyway, yeah. park that for a minute. So visa problems, this guy, Santa Santoro, secret meetings were being held, people were getting paid off to try and get him a visa application. Park that to one side. Right. Mm-hmm. Separate to that. Uh, his uh, kids had been granted visas yep. and were desperate to get their uh, passports to go travel. Well, okay. They told me they wanted it to go traveling. Right. I now, in hindsight, suspect that they were worried about all this other stuff hanging over the family that we didn't know about and wanted the passports immediately because, well, once you get granted your passport, you become an Australian citizen. Yep. So they, they passed all their checks to become an Australian citizen. People who haven't become naturalised don't know this. But once you become an Australian citizen, there's like a four- to six-month wait when you go to a local council and a mayor confers this thing called citizenship on you. Mm. Why is there a big wait? Is that because you're waiting for Australia Day or? Yeah, you know, councils are shit. Or in a Greens council. Any day but Invasion Day. Yeah, that's right. But, so is that I why? Because they just have, yeah. they have yeah. a couple of ceremonies a year, and you couple of ceremonies a year. They have to get enough. Oh, people. so you can't become a citizen? There are. It has to be a specific ceremony instead of. You have to be. You have to take the oath, right? Right. No, but it has. But it's only a couple of times a year. It's well, not. or a member of parliament right. can ah. grant one for you whenever you want. I see. Right with permission. Yeah. Right? So yes. So so normal process is. Uh, just like the normal, just like there's a normal process for getting a, um, you know, if you lose your passport tomorrow, it's like a ten day process unless you're stuck in a jail and thing, and they'll do it for you in twenty four hours, right? Yep. This thing gets you. So the normal process. So they is, charge you that extra um, speed fee if you're stuck in a jail. Just I don't curious. This is just for my own. Personal. Like the the passport emergency. Yeah, fee, you know yeah. how you can pay an extra hundred bucks yeah. or whatever. As a it is former and they politician, I'm not used to paying for things. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. As has been established, yeah, that's Sam. Right, that's right. So they, <laughs> the wife, and, now do a <laughs> The wife and kids come to you and say, listen. No, no. Well, the wife gives them. Mr. Huang comes to me. Mr. Huang comes to you and, and says, my wife says to me, to "Oh, they need to travel. Uh, they're in limbo at the moment because you can't travel on your Chinese. Well, this is what I was told. You can't travel on your Chinese passport because you've become an Australian citizen, but you haven't actually had that conferred upon you, so you don't have an Australian passport yet. So they're kind of stuck in limbo. So you can't country. get back in effectively. Yeah, they can't right? go right. Now, yeah. Now, 
what normally happens is for these kinds of immediate things, immediate, you know, conferrals, is, I'll give you kind of a scenario is um, I'm waiting for a citizenship ceremony but my mother's dying in Italy, you know, and I want to get this citizenship really quickly so I can fly over and see them, that kind of so shit. So you're basically you're Matt Canavan. Yeah, basically, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Some bad shit's gone down. You need to do it quickly. Um, I, I put the application uh, – Mr. Wong asked me to put the application in. I put the application in, right? Why? Because he was the – I mean, let's not – Pussyfoot around this, right? This guy was a serious figure in the Sydney Chinese yeah. community and a mm. big donor, right? So you kind of couldn't you couldn't say no. Well, I should have said no. Yeah. You definitely could have said no. Let me be unequivocal, right? Right. I but didn't say no. Right? You That's should it. have said no, but in that mo- I'm not, like I'm not trying to make excuses for you or anything, but I imagine if I were in that situation where the biggest donor to the to my party and to the other party as well was asking this of me. I would sort of feel like I was between a rock and a hard yeah. place and just and then, do and, it and, well, and hope for the best. Well, well the, the, the bombshell bit, I guess, is this. So Mr. Wan goes to me, can you put it in and I'll get the lips to support it? Yeah, no worries, right? And you do this stuff a lot of times. A lot of, to be honest, when you remember a parliament, you're putting in a lot of paperwork with the assumption it's going to go nowhere, right? Right. Put it in. I was um, uh, spoke to, I was told to speak to Brian Lochnane Spoke to Brian Lockman, who was head of the Liberal Party. He goes, mate, leave with me, I'll get it sorted. And it was approved in two weeks. Right, this is now the date. This is where are, you say that you were surprised, because this is the really weird bit about this story, is that you're a fixer and then you get surprised that something gets fixed that so quickly. quickly. That quickly. So so this was all went in on the 31st of December mm-hmm. and it gets approved on like the 14th, 15th of January. Nothing happens in no. January unless like there is not a single public has servant at work. Right? So, mm. oh, I can tell you, I know exactly what happened. Oh, in my opinion, this is what I think happened. I think Lochnane, the head of the Liberal Party, called Dutton, said, fix this now. They got it fixed immediately to suck up to the um, – the only person who can make the decision is the minister. Right? right. Now, separate to this, all these other meetings were going on where people were getting paid and Santo Santoro has been revealed in four corners. None of this I was aware of. Um now, Dutton made the decision. Dutton did it. They did it because they're donors. Um, the bit that gives me the shits about this whole thing, right, and this is the bit that I have my backup about, is that, like, fuck them, right? Like, I resigned over this, yeah. right? No, no, seriously, yeah, yeah, no, right? No. right? Like, like, I'm not putting – because they had line – and Dutton got up today and gave me a bit of a whack. But this is what this is what I don't – this guy, this Chinese billionaire is the only person in the last 10 years of Australian politics who's been able to get any bipartisanship. <laughs> <laughs> he has actually brought the two parties together. And what I found so surreal about this is that we've got you and Dutton and you say Brian Lockman working behind the scenes together for, you know, for a result, albeit yeah. a – Absolutely outrageously dodgy result, but whatever. And dodgy and look, as fuck, I think is <laughs> that's you the correct scientific term. But and then as soon as it blows up, you're all sort of saying, "Well, no, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault." Mm. Like you guys are all friends, well, I, I, and then you're I, pretending I, to. I will take my responsibility for the bit that's my fault, right? I resigned over it. Well, and that's sort of. Um, Something that's been a theme in the news today, and I, a lot of you know, I've heard politicians say it in their press conferences as well. A lot of journo's saying, um, of course, you know, this blah blah blah, Sam Dastiari, who to his credit, yeah, took the blame yeah. and stood down. Do you feel, I mean, obviously, yeah, do I feel like I should have stuck on? Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't actually, no, 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 do I'm joking. Feel, in, oh, honestly, in terms no. of your narrative or whatever, uh, do you feel slightly no, not, vindicators in the right way? No, 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 I reckon I have. 
I'll be honest, I have like this post-traumatic stress about all this. I think that makes sense, right? yeah. So like I've, I've got like this, my like anxiety, this, that. And it, I think I mentioned this last week. I stopped drinking, mm-hmm. right, which was a bad way mm-hmm. to stop drinking, yeah. which was budget and this. Um, so no, I mean the bit that shoots me in, I mean scandals are horrible, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I just want to explain the anatomy of a scandal very, very kind of quickly for someone who's been through a few of them, right? The the way the pressure piles on, yeah, it just piles on. It piles on and piles on. And everyone, unless you're a complete sociopath, it breaks you at one point. And nothing you want more in life than for it to go away. Mm. And I, I did this. Joe wrote this very nice piece in Stella Magazine uh, a while back when I kind of opened up to him about it all. But what I said to Joe at the time was, the weird thing that happens is the day after a scandal. Right, well, I resigned from Parliament. My whole world falls apart. W- worst thing that could have happened to me at the time, right? You know, putting aside family, kids, but career-wise, the next day is the best day of your life, right? Mm. Like I have done every single drug that I can get my hands on over the years, <laughs> right? Like every single one, right? You tried and it none all. Of, tried them. Well, the, not ice. Or yeah, we, heroin, we tried it all right? within reason. All the yeah, 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 all yeah. the, cool all the ones. socially acceptable yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, all the ones of it inner west kind of wealthy kind of <laughs> all I've the bourgeois done, drugs. I've done all the drugs of privilege. Yes. Right? The ones that have, <laughs> are well represented in this room, I right. suspect. Um, none of it felt better than that relief of the day after, and then it took about three weeks. And then you crash. Right. The first sense that you're for it, I'm telling you now, like that is if <laughs> don't chase the high of scandal. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was going to chase a high, I'm saying that day after was the single happiest day of my life. I don't know, just because it ends. But it's kind of like weird. the Gravitron at Luna Park, isn't it? It's, you know, once it gets off, once it spits you out, you're relieved to be out of it, but you can't get back on again. Can you? There's no way. There's no train station to get back on, like back back into the Senate or whatever. Oh like no, there was no, that no, one shot. You're done. You're done. So yeah, do, you now, up do you now think? Mm. Yeah, but do you think? You know what? I could have held on. I could have toughed it out. There would have been a few more front pages of the telly or wherever. But you know, other people have no. And, and do you feel cut loose? Do you feel like no? Because firstly, um, I think I needed to resign. I think it was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, secondly, I have ended so many other people's careers. Right, like I was the fixer. I was the one who'd go in and say you're out, right? Uh, and so, live by the sword, die by the sword. So you got to pay your pay your penance or pay your price. But no, uh, and maybe part of this is just me having to come to terms with it myself for myself. Well, right? now do you do you, do you now want to see say uh, uh, Dutton go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go down I, I could have. Okay. Could I have survived in the Senate? Yes. Could I have survived in the Parliament? Yes. Would that have been a life worth living? For the next ten years of my life, right. I've just scandal hounded this that every time you pop your head up. I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I would not have been able to move on with my life. So it's been a year and a bit since then, mm. right? Um, like bad shit happened. My marriage fell apart, um, not because of the scandal, but because of the afterfall of the scandal. I went yeah. so off the rails. Yeah, right. Like I went properly off the rails, right? And uh, and I think. Helen, my, my ex, well, technically still married because it takes a while, amazing woman. Uh, I think that was all just too much for her. I think she just couldn't cope with it anymore. Um, but, yeah, so, it got, you know, it takes everything. It takes your career, it takes your family, it take, takes all that away from you. Um, but if I'd stayed, no, right now I'd be embattled, I'd be sitting in this election campaign not allowed to say a word. Yeah. I'd be yeah. placed in a small box. Um, uh 
And could I have survived? Well, I wasn't up for election for another. So I wasn't up for election at this yeah. election. I'm up for the next one. And using my sheer raw numbers in the party, yeah, I would have survived six, 12 more years. Right? But not, not a life worth living. I'm not that this life's good. Yeah. You're here in it's this not room. That <laughs> I'm curious. How fucking deep did this podcast <laughs> get? Very deep. Keep going. Well, Keep I'm go. curious to know about, you said, you know, that day after that feeling of euphoria. Is that, so firstly, the release, like that sort of, it's not on your shoulders anymore. Yeah, Everyone relief. knows. But also, is there an element of like, well, nothing else can touch me. Like, it, fuck it, nothing matters now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which is a, so, which is a, a familiar story, I yeah, think, when people are I, having breakdowns. Yeah, I went, that I went crazy. Of, and then I, I spent a period on um on antidepressants and I kind of didn't get them right and I kind of got them wrong. Oh, yeah. I've them all over had that place. error yeah, as well, yeah. 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 And that wasn't the doctor's fault. So I'll give yeah. you my script. It's yeah. I, I think the mistake I – I remember I went to see the shrink when I hit the wall and I said to them, oh, yeah, I think I've got, you know, like a chemical imbalance. And they said, oh, I think your um, reactions are very um, accurate response to the situation. Very, very logical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, right. This isn't a chemical imbalance. You just right. had this shit kicked out of you in the <laughs> right. You're actually right to be depressed because <laughs> yeah. you're absolutely fucked. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is a legitimate well, so bad is, is scandal. So – Sorry, Joe, just quickly, yeah. the number for Lifeline is 13, 11, 14, if any of this sounds like a very familiar situation to you. Good point, well made. Um, so is scandal now, is scandal like the chemical weapons of an election? Is it something that is used and okay. is it something that should be used? Is okay, all fair? Okay, okay. You know, well, well, look, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? So right now both political parties are sitting on their debt files, right? Yep. And they are going to roll them out day after day yep. after day. Right? Mm-hmm. The dirt files are done and they're ready. Most people don't realise how opposition research actually works. They think that opposition research is like Bill Shorten getting up and saying something or Scott Morrison. No way. Yeah. It's all fed to journos. Yeah. Right? It's all, hey, look at this travel thing that this happened on this yep. day, yep. Yep. putting it together, and there'll be teams of people in Campaign HQ and they will be rolling them out in the campaign. There'll be some gold ones that both parties will be sitting on the day they need a distraction. And then there'll be some kind of uh, uh, small ones, and then they'll, then they'll just be the ones of opportunity. Mm. So right now, so when did you leak this to the City Morning Herald? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but do you think? Do you think is this something that the Labor Dirt Unit would have been sitting on for a while and given to um, the the Herald and oh, the ABC, this, this or is this? I know because they're pretty. Nick McKenzie's a pretty serious guy. Yeah, I assume like, he a, would have. Got, I mean, look, I don't know, but I assume he got it from the security agencies or through those, those kinds of channels. I assume, but I honestly don't know. So this wouldn't have been a drop. So now that it's 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 out. Now there, that it's out, Labor it's will be stopping. At absolutely nothing until Dutton's oh, yeah. head is on us. Well, on yeah, box, yeah. And then, yeah? Well, I mean, it helps when today Malcolm Turnbull came out and pretty much called for his head as well. When I was, yeah, watching all the news on <laughs> that it. That just makes it a weekday. Don't <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I, at the back of my head, I was like, was this Labor or was it Malcolm? I genuinely questioned whether Malcolm might have been the one to leak this. I Here's why I don't think it was Malcolm. I think Malcolm would have done it already. Right, okay. Right. Um uh, I so thought, he's jumped on the coattails. I think Malcolm's jumped on the coattails of it all. I mean, <laughs> wasn't Malcolm too busy briefing Peter Hatcher? Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's two parts to it, right? There's the the bit that involved me, which is the the kind of smaller citizen. But I mean, that's that's you know almost you know not as significant as the people getting paid to have mm. meetings. Mm. And then I mean, it's just that is just whoa. Like I've just, and I also have, even if I, it was a labor, I'm even shocked. Even if it was a labor drop, it's a game yeah. of chess. So you're, they'd sacrifice you to get done, obviously. Even if they were, even if they were strategically leaking it, I mean that's how. Oh yeah, well I just do it myself. Yeah, 
mate, you know, I'm already out. I'm already out. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty open about this stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got like, what are they going to do to me? Like, it's kind of like, you know, like, oh my God. I mean, well, you're like an honest thief. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, this is why it's like, yeah. yeah. It's almost, it's you're Bruce uh, Campbell in Xena. You're the honest <laughs> king of thieves. Oh, oh, look, I'm already getting done for murder. So, right. <laughs> you know, what's another three years? Um, uh, so what's the next play for Labor now? How do they – if Dutton survives the next 24-hour cycle, I think cycle, this is going they, to – oh, no, no, no. These things get legs, right? So, I mean, Dutton will survive. It's, it's pretty clear who just – He survived so much yeah, yeah, so far. It's, it's an election, right? right? They can't cut him off an election. Right. Um, he will go to the election. Whether he holds his seat or not is a whole different matter and there's, I think, a whole bunch of issues for them up there in Queensland. But, but parking all that – whether or not he actually holds his seat. I think that's going to be his real issue. But, no, I think it just widens. I think it becomes who else have who, who else is getting paid in the Liberal Party to have meetings, what else was happening, I think the blowtorch. And then, you know, when these things start, um, anonymous sources, people, people who know bits and pieces, people have gripes. So I don't think it was Malcolm, but if Malcolm knows anything, then he'll be feeding it out there. You know, anyone who knows anything with a gripe will go, oh, yeah, don't, I remember this thing happened yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And so all that stuff, once it starts, uh, once it gets momentum. Now, whether or not this one actually gets momentum or not, eh, I'm, not I'm not so sure it's an election campaign. Thing. There's not really a smoking gun quite, is there? Like there's a lot of shadiness and a lot of grey, but there's not mm. really that kind of – Aha. Gotcha. Yeah, but that comes. There's no body. But that always comes. Something like Chinese businessmen um, or businessman, just as a as a statement, as a trope, though, really does sort of activate the public imagination. Anything, you know, there's anything, elements of racism there and then, of course, you know, Communist Party. It, it, it sounds extra scandally to people reading papers, oh, right? And also, like, I, I can tell you, like, having worked at the Great Daily Telegram, anyth- anything where you can use the headline Chinese whispers or Chinese takeaway is uh, just I made, believe they referred to the me. I believe there was a period of time where I was referred to as Shanghai Sam. Uh, I believe right. that quite favorite. a lengthy period, yes. So here on I'm Usually More Professional, as part of our dedication to helping the people of Australia vote the best possible way, we have decided to look at some of the micro parties Mm. as well. We're looking at one each week. The glorious parties. The glorious parties. The people's parties. (laughs) That's it. And look. It's a good name for a party, the people's party. The people's party. (laughs) How about the United Australia party? (laughs) (laughs) Look, uh, as we're recording this morning, the Australian Democrats announced that they have registered, re-registered just in time to contest the election. Now, they haven't had parliamentary representation since 2008 and they lost their registration in 2015 because of declining numbers. Their party president, Elisa uh, Resch, I hope I'm saying that correctly. No one knows. No, no one knows. knows. No one cares. No one see. cares. She said that people from both the left and the right sides of the political spectrum have joined this party because they're fed up with infighting and the way politics <laughs> currently are in Australia. <laughs> but the thing is, if you have, if you're a party that's from has members from both the left and the right, what can you actually oh. stand for? Oh well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they stand for. Um, one, to act honestly and ethically, being genuinely accountable and acting in the best interests of the public. Two, to determine positions and act according to evidence, merit and best practice, not partisan ideology nor vested interest. And three, to uphold principles of freedom, self-determination, personal responsibility, democracy, fairness and human rights. In other words, in other words they're fucked. 
So yeah, wish wash bullshit. Well, <laughs> well it it's the yeah, kind well, of thing. A... It's a very lofty principle, isn't it? No, that it's that not. They'll it's approach crap. stuff policy by policy and look at the evidence, but that's very hard to affect in reality, isn't it? Yeah, well, this whole idea that as if somehow anyone is devoid of ideology when they're looking at things through the prism. Look, mm. this is look. They were a joke of a party before. They're more of a joke of a party now. Uh, if you know, people are becoming more partisan, not less partisan. The idea, and by the way, if you want to sit in the center, you know, there was the Nick Xenophon party, um, which has become a sort of center alliance, which Nick Xenophon this morning, it appears, is not letting campaigning for. Yes, right. Nick Xenophon has quit the Xenophon party. So now it's just called the party. <laughs> the party party. <laughs> uh, but. You know, this now that's Keith Sydney open. That's Keith Sydney. Oh, what a <laughs> No, but the idea there's going to be some kind of a space in the centre for this is just it's just rubbish, and they don't survive. And the Democrats were always kind of a party of protest; they just never admitted it. Uh, and then the second they had to take a stand on anything, they lost half their members. Well, did you know there's actually another micro party called the Sensible Centre Party? <laughs> How sensible are they? They're not sensible at all because they just asked me to run for the Senate. (laughs) (laughs) It's another telltale sign. Your party's going nowhere. Joe, what would your uh, position, what would your key policies be? I'm sure you've thought about it. Well, as someone who is probably naturally kind of labour right or or somewhere somewhere in the middle and I've got a soft spot for it. There's um, some libs you could have voted for over the years, but but some you wouldn't have. Yeah, maybe. But um, there's... I, I can tell you, Sam is absolutely right. The, there's the centre thing. What is it? The WBA it said things fall apart. The centre cannot hold. The centre can't hold because you're constantly being smashed by either side. So the people, um, the, the people you are reliant upon for your support, are constantly at war with each other. And to stitch together a coalition in the middle, even if like if you take the the wet libs and Labor right, they will agree on ninety nine point nine percent of stuff. Their only point of difference really is the unions and organized labor. Yeah. Um collectivism. Yeah, that's right. Everything else you could say thing. But it's never going to work because, you know, everyone you know, how about all the lefties who said that Malcolm Turnbull should be Prime Minister, not Tony yes. Abbott. And then as soon as he becomes Prime Minister, he's a fizzer. They pile on him. They they yeah. they and that leather jacket had a lot to do. That's with right, and you constantly end up image. caught. You constantly end up caught in the pro- crossfire. At least if you're on the left or the right, only half the the people hate you, <laughs> okay. and you know where they are. You can yeah. fight in one direction. You can't fight a battle on two fronts, and that's the problem with being a centrist. Yeah, but Drury, who's the kind of the uh, Glenn Drury, who's like the preference whisperer. Right. Yeah. He's like the the master of kind of getting small parties elected to the Senate. He's the one who mm. got Hinch elected. Before that, the motor enthusiast. He did a little bit of dalliance with Palmer. That the micro party strategy that he has that works is effectively this: I will get all the micro parties in a room together, left, right, whatever. I get thirty five of them in the room, right? And we will agree amongst the thirty five of us, we're going to preference each other. Yeah. Now, I don't know who out of these mobs is going to get elected. But if we all preference each other, someone in this room will become a member of parliament. And it works. Mm. Yeah. It yeah, works. it does. And someone will get to how Ricky Mule got up. Ricky Mule. We save him for another week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just, I don't know. The Demo- I mean, remember when the Democrats, the Democrats were bigger than the Greens. People forget. Yeah, Tash. And the, Natasha thought the spoil was a right. machine. But the reason why, and the reason why they fell apart is because, as you said, they were two centers. When when they backed Howard on the GST, that's when it all fell apart. Yep. When they let that, that through the Senate, because everyone just assumed they're a bunch of hippie lefties. They forgot they were founded by a, a lib, and so all these lefties who th- thought they were just a sort of slightly paler shade of green 
suddenly lost their minds when they supported a GST. It was possibly the first time that the left has got upset by someone introducing a new tax. Boodum ching. Let's go back to his Daily Telegraph days. Um, no, no, but okay, if the UK example, the Lib Dems, yeah. same thing happened. They yeah. went into coalition with the Conservatives. The party now pretty much no longer exists. Yeah. You know, you just – those parties in the centre, the second they have power and have to make decisions, have to do ugly things, and ugly things upset people. And the smarter thing to do for a lot of them and I think Nick Xenophon was the master of this, is, yeah, never make a tough decision. <laughs> yeah. Or, or do you do the other thing, which is to rely solely upon ideology so that when you do sell out inevitably, people just don't see it. Oh, so you sure. just you just you just go, look, you know what, forget it. You know what, a good idea isn't just a good idea. Screw that. A good idea is whatever I say it is and you you accept it because I'm the Labor leader and you're a Labor supporter. Sure, sure, that's sure. Because sure, that's sure, where sure. I lose but, people but, as well. but, but I'm saying these micro parties are trying to sit in the centre. I'm saying that's the dilemma yeah. of them. Yeah, there is always the right fringe and left fringe, but uh, it's not, you know, it's, Australian politics, the left fringe is pretty easy because the Greens have that locked up, mm. right? The left of Australian politics is locked up between the Labor Party to one point and the Greens from there a little bit further. The right of Australian politics is in this basket case where you've got the Libs and the Nats, you know, coalition calling them one party. Then you've got One Nation, Shooters, Liberal Democrats, um, uh, Australian Conservatives, Fraser Anning. Like it's a, it's a mm. basket case on the right in terms of the number of different parties. How that all shakes out at this election, I don't know. But here's what's going to happen. Some of those micro parties are coming to the Senate. Well, I, I have no doubt they will, but I reckon the the problem for the right and the reason why it's always the right that seems to be most vulnerable to um, stealth attacks by independents like Zali Stegall, like Karen Phelps, like, you know, Kathy McGowan, you know, like any number, it's the Nats and the Libs who are always most vulnerable to attacks from independents because the right is about, the right's whole ethos is individualism. Yep. Mm. And so an independent is actually a more, uh, a truer liberal than someone who's running as a member of the Liberal Party. I mean, the right's ethos is is small government or no government or, or, or government that is purely individuals looking after their own community. So the idea of collectivism or globalism or organised labour or whatever it is, is completely anathema to the right. So, of course, the, the party is going to fall apart. Of course, the coalition is going to fall apart or the Liberal Party is going to bleed votes to one nation or the shooters or whoever it might be mm. because... That is actually in its very DNA. Got to feel sorry for these Democrats, though, don't they? Like, this is what happens, right? There'll be, there'll be like six or eight, whatever, some number running in every state, and they'll all believe in every state, especially the number one candidate, that they're going to get elected. And try telling them they're not. Right. It's I've negotiated with micro parties, right? And they're fucking crazy people, right? <laughs> they are, like a lot of them, right? Especially in the, I'm talking about the absolute unwinnable note hopers. Because mm. you don't run for parliament without holding some hope that just yeah, I'm probably not gonna get elected, but just maybe. Just in case, mm. yeah. I just love I, I just love the single issue ones, the ones that just don't care about anything else. Like the like the four wheel drive party. Oh yeah. Yeah, outdoor, the, yeah the outdoor recreation people. Yeah. They are, that's already New South Parliament for they, years. That's right. And it's just like, what do you believe in? We like four wheel drives. It's like, well at least I know where you stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have a date yet for the election, but the campaign is underway. The ALP have uh, released one of my favourite parts of every election, and that's the bus. Oh, the buses. We're on the buses, boys. 
Oh, yeah. I, I, I spent seven weeks at the last – remember it was the longest federal election for, for whatever time. I spent seven weeks of my life living on the bill bus. The bill Fuck bus, that's that. right. You were the bill bus. <laughs> yeah, the, let me just say, hard to believe I'm no longer married. Um, <laughs> but seven weeks on the bill bus. Actually, we had to call it the bill bus. Initially, we didn't call it the bill bus. Initial name that I had for it on social media was short bus. Oh, yes, oh, very nice little short bus. hashtag, yeah, right. yep. But turns out James Jeffrey from the Australian, just a shout out to him, uh, pointed out that Short Bus was a 1995 avant-garde porno. It wasn't even a porno. It was the first, it was about a bunch of, I've subsequently seen this movie many times, it was about a bunch of out-of-work actors living in New York. Oh, so it who, should have been the Greens Bus. <laughs> yeah, what um, and, uh, and all they do is And all they do is just have sex with each other the whole time. In, but it was the first movie that like actually, Canberra, like Canberra. That's yeah. what I'd say. It's like the that's very like, fitting. That's right. Like the, that's right. Like the bang bus, the bonk bus, um, <laughs> the shagging wagon, <laughs> the shagging wagon. It's a good one too. Um, but uh, it was the first movie where it showed real penetration and was not seen as an X-rated porno. So I'm on the bus and James Jeffries explaining this to me while I simultaneously um, delete the name short bus that I had registered <laughs> <laughs> and register bill bus. So now it is referred to what as the bill bus. What do you mean registered? Oh, because we had its own website. It had its own character. Right, it had its okay, own personality. Gotcha. It had its own profile. The bill bus is better anyway. Well, like short bus just sounds like a bus that's not very long. Yeah. Well, like it's just like, it's like less of bus. It's, it's half a minivan. It's a, it's a yeah. minivan. Well, yeah. so seven weeks I spent going around the country on this fucking shithole of a bus, right? I mean, the bus itself was fine, but, you know, we drove it from the north all the way down south, got it, put it on a ferry, took it to Tasmania, went round Tasmania, went on a ferry, back up, went across the Nullarbor to Perth, mm. um, and then turn around and do the whole trip back in three days, four, five days. That's bring a second driver in. I didn't do the I didn't do the way back to get it to a the last week launch back in Brisbane. So the bus did a lot, mm. did a lot of the country. Broke down a couple of times. Yes, that's once on camera, a risk, isn't it? That well, see, that's the thing that gets me about the buses because it is an inherently risky proposition. You're doing this. Tour, you've got the journos with you, and it's such an easy metaphor to hand over when the bus breaks down. Has the campaign also? Oh, man. When it broke, it got stuck in Port Macquarie. No journos were around. We we did something kind of clever. We, and this is where Scott Morrison recently had a bus tour of Queensland and he got himself caught out. Mm. You can't pretend you're going to be on the bus all the time. He overdid this sell of the bus. So we said from the start, Bill will be using this bus as much as he can. Right? right, but it was like from the start, we we're like he's not going to be here every day. Scott Morrison, when he did his Queensland thing, implied that he'd be there every day, and then the bus does what a bus does, and mm. the prime minister does what a prime minister does, which is fly on a private jet. Mm. So what they were doing, what the Libs were doing, was the PM. Let's say it's going from like Gladstone to I don't know Mackay, right? Would be going on a private jet from Gladstone to Mackay, and then the bus would come and meet them. Yeah, right? and then hang on a minute. How does the bus get to meet them in time if they're flying? Oh, oh no, no. So the bus would drop them off at the event where the cameras are. They'd walk out. Yeah. Then uh, the bus would start heading down to Mackay. Right away? The, yeah, right away. Right. The PM would finish whatever he's doing, right, get a right. comm car. By the way, there's comm cars there all the time anyway following the bus when the yeah. bus is doing it, right? So, so there's not, no, one's been, no one's saving any money here. All the other vehicles still exist. We'd get in the comm car vehicle, go to the airport, get on the jet, go to. But what I'm saying is if. If the if the, the PM can't do anything until the bus is already there anyway, because he's got to pretend that he's on the oh, bus. Yeah, no, so no. what's the point of the flying? bus? Be, the bus will be next day. 
right? So the right. PM would say, let's take on him. Oh, so he's just chilling that. out, eating a chicken schnitty yeah, and then the Bundaberg RSL. Yeah, because he's a normal Aussie man uh, <laughs> who's who a just, fair dinkum schnitty. Who's just always on a bus, it's you a, know, and that's then a so, classic. So people, and then so, you know, he'd fly, let's say, um, Gladstone Mackay is a good example, right? He'd fly, um, he would do, he'd, there'd be a hotel there, stay the night there, or probably go to, to be honest, it's the PM is a private jet, probably fly to Sydney, sleep, get back on the jet, flight back up to Mackay right. and then do your event the next day. Oh, that's or, not going to play well north of the Tweed. Or, more, or do a fundraiser somewhere around the country. You've got a private jet, you can do whatever you want, right? Mm. You can be anywhere you want to be. I mean, it's a full it's a full functioning office. But he can't show his face if he's pretending he's on the bus. This is what I mean. Like surely he'd have to no, hunk well, it he out. He got caught yeah, no, doing so this. This was the problem, right? Yeah. And, so, and, they, and they overplayed how much it was going to – because the image you want is – this is the whole point of this is the image of the bus and the footage of you pulling up getting out of the bus, meeting the candidate, giving them a hug, you know, yeah, let's see yeah. this and that. And it was one of those kind of weird press conferences, wasn't it, when they said, said, why aren't you on the bus? He goes, well, I am on the bus. And then I said, well, but you took a plane. Yeah, well, I took a plane to get on the bus. Yeah. And it was just sort of one of these things. It was beautiful. It was a real, just, like, uh, you know, Clark and Door. Yes. You know, R.I.P. Yeah. John Clark. My, or the thick of it. It mm, felt very the thick of it as well mm, to me. My freak out moment, my freak out moment was – when the bus was going through the Nullarbor, this is the Bill Bus last election, no one knows this, it broke down. And on the Nullarbor? On the Nullarbor, right? It overheated. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. My No mobile phone reception. I'm freaking out going, oh, God, this is going to be like, you know, the bus is broken on the Nullarbor. We had a vent in Perth that we were on our way via Kalgoorlie that we had to get to. And all we had, because we were idiots, we hadn't packed properly, was all this stuff from service stations plus a shitload of wine that um, uh, Ju- uh, who gave it to me? Julie Collins, the member for Franklin, Tasmania. When we were in Tasmania, we were in a vineyard for an event and we just loaded it up with wine. So mm. to, how is any of this a problem? Right. I thought you said this <laughs> so, is a bad thing. So the weight of the wine, what, overloaded the vehicle, so, I imagine? But who so, cares? You're so, stuck on a bus with a no. whole bunch of wine. You might as well be spinal tap. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the middle of the day or middle of the day, but I think it was late afternoon. I have just been living off tuna and white wine. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't awesome. want to drink, right? I have no mobile phone reception, broken down in the middle of the Nullarbor. I'm standing outside just screaming like I'm fucking, like I'm having this, you know, like like I felt like kind of a, uh, you know, fear, you know, fear and loathing. Fear and loathing moment, moment right? right? Screaming, this is fucked. What's happened to my life? This and that. And, I'm, and then I, that's before I really knew what rock bottom meant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like gritty reboot of Priscilla. Yeah, oh, it no. sounds like okay, that was my other plan, right? So the other idea we had was coming back. We wanted to go via Broken Hill, mm-hmm. right? Because we're doing the marriage equality thing. Yeah, organised like oh. a drone, do the Priscilla thing on top of the bus. Great, right? Because the director of, um, uh, not director, but screenplay people knew people in the arts community in Sydney who knew it. Really hard thing to do, by the way, because they'd actually cut the bus. And the way they did it, I mean, we, we tried to look at doing it, I mean, whether we could do it in time because of security and this and that. I said, fuck it, I will stand on the bus mm. dressed up with the whole thing going through Broken Hill. On the shoe? Again, I no longer drink. Because <laughs> they should do it have. Should have been Bill, though. Bill should have been up on top of the bus with the whole thing. Well, yeah, it's his bus. Oh, but because... he's a bloody wet lettuce leaf. He'd fly right off. So you've got to get back because the way, the quick way back is via Broken Hill to Brisbane. Mm. But anyway, we didn't end up doing it because we had to get to a launch because we had to repaint it. And then we relaunched it as the Medicare bus. 
Oh my god, the Medicare bus. Medicare bus. Medicare bus. bus. And the day we unveiled it, like we unveiled it on a stage in the bus and the banner fell and the bus looked different. It was some of the wankiest shit I've ever been involved in (laughs) in my life. Um, Did the libs come along and try to privatize the bus? Yeah. Oh, what did you? But literally, some seven weeks on a bus, Mm -hmm. right? Was there a toilet on the bus? uh, We didn't use the toilet. So we had a rule because the driver who was, became really good friends with us uh, and we ended up having two drivers at different yeah. points because people fly in to fly out because of the amount of driving, uh, would have to clean it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So I think uh, – so we pretty much made a rule. No, like it was an emergency toilet if you needed it. Yeah. But we just – Not even number ones? They'd have to clean out the thing and wash it that night. So like uh, it was kind of like – nice So we ended up actually using it. That restores it. my faith. In we ended up using it to store the wine. <laughs> <laughs> that doubly restores my faith. Uh, so boxes of wine. So we ended up doing this. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so we had a yeah, lot, lot of alcohol was on this one, uh, on this uh, vehicle, uh, and because what I'm happening is, again, you're spending this like period of time where you have a designated driver and nothing to do yeah. with a cooler and just wine. Yeah, right. And then every once in a while, like. People have all this fruit dish back. So the wine was cold. I yeah yeah yeah. We had a little kind the of fruit. The story just gets right. better and, and better. So How I, is this a bad oh, news no, story? Oh no no. This is this part of the reason why I'm divorced. Um, but we show up at different like events, right? So about an hour a day. So the bus had its own routine. So we show up to, when Bill wasn't with it. We show up to ALP events and barbecues and then the bus. The bus would get a bigger reserve. The bus would come everyone would cheer. I jump out like, oh, Bill's not here today. Oh fuck, right? <laughs> 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 like this sense of disappointment, right? <laughs> like a pantomime. Were people, hey people, guys. Were people more disappointed or relieved when Bill wasn't on the bus? And, and people would kind of do this thing where they go, oh, mate, you had so much energy. It was so exciting. You were so, like, you know, so full. And I get up and I'm further and I'm like, yeah, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really pissed. Sam, can you confirm for us yeah. whether or not the driver or drivers of the Bill bus are registered members of the TW? They are. They are? Yeah, the union members. Wow, you have that to is check good. These you things. should work for the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> no, no, no. They have to no, be. but they would have to they be, would right? Have to be, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, we, we had Particularly to. with Shorten as a member of the Labor right. You'd lose the TWU for sure if you had it, a it scab would, driver. Well, not just that. It would be a, I mean, yes, but not just that. It would be a story. Someone yeah. would find, that's right. Someone would ask a question and someone would find out. I remember when there was the big um, push to uh, by the Yemen government to privatise the electricity industry and um, everyone was just, you know, the left of the Labor Party was just up in arms and they had all these, um, you know, shirts, t-shirts, yellow shirts, t-shirts, those yellow pri- shirts made around, so stop private. They're trying to sell it off to China. They're trying to sell it to China and the shirts were all made in China. Mm. <laughs> and so you do have to... You know, Palmer got yeah. done for that recently, didn't yeah. he? See, the, yeah, Palmer's, make Australia um, great again. Yeah, and, his merchandise yeah. was made well, in China. Donald Trump's ties or something made in Mexico or something. Like, you know, yes. everyone always gets. Yeah. Every, you always but get. But no, the driver thing, because the those journos were coming on the bus too, right? So they were having so many Oh, and the other thing we did on the bus was we got um, Tim Watts, member for Jelly Brand down in kind of Southern Victoria, um, installed this dodgy um, – because of his, where his electric is, his dodgy karaoke machine. There was like a Filipino karaoke machine, right? And it was the best karaoke machine ever <laughs> because he got the song lyrics wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are half of the way there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Keywords were wrong in songs. Right. But like, and what it did was, and, and you know, if, if karaoke, like images of like flowers, this and that, and there was images of like the Filipino military would just appear. So by the end of the campaign, I think I learned a lot of songs wrong, but boy, does those Philippines have an amazing army. (laughs) 
These days elections can be won and lost online, uh, particularly on that hell site of Twitter. I recently got a notification. It can't Twitter. be won and lost online. <laughs> Guys, I need an Don't, intro to each segment. What a shit intro that is. I'm usually Twitter is a place. professional. Hang on, hang Twitter on. is a place where people in between looking up Pornhub and X videos choose to find out what's happening on the news and get angry about things. Right. To my credit... We, I wasn't even supposed to be anchor of this. We, it was decided last week about two minutes before we hit record yeah. that, oh, shit, okay, I'm hosting. And then in our between segments we go, right, are we going to talk about this? And then I go, cool, uh, yeah, here's, and then an, we here's an intro yeah. off the top of hey, my head. Hey, All right. What, what are you doing? What are you, one of our best through lines is us just shitting on you the whole way through the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you, can't, you can't yeah, take that away. It's part of our thing. It's good yeah. optics. All right, look, we want to talk about what's happening on Twitter. I recently yep. uh, hit my 10-year anniversary on Twitter. <gasps> which, oh, yeah, it's a horrifying nice. moment. Um, we want to talk about our sort of some standout tweets of the week. Now, yes. the one that the one that stood out most for me, uh, you know, we, we want to just fucking get this election to happen. We want to know yeah. the date, set yeah. the date. We're like a suburban fiancé, just set the date. Just put a rock on it. Just set the fucking date. So uh, Anthony Green tweeted um, last night, this morning I screen captured and tweeted the text below from the AEC website. It was a statement on the last date for the coming federal election. The reference has disappeared from the website at some stage today. And the, the screenshot here is when is the next federal election? Uh, it includes the fact that um, the latest possible date for a simultaneous, so half Senate and House of Representatives yep. election, is also Saturday the 18th of May. <gasps> that so it's the 25th. Info, so we think, so come on, 25th. Now I'm fine with being paid an extra week of this podcast. However, God, I just want it to end already. I want to know is how did Anthony Green know that it was going to be the, I mean I know he's got some serious voodoo powers yes but he must have had voodoo cephalogist he must have had a cephalogical premonition <laughs> that the AEC was going to try to pull a swifty and pull it down like how how did he know to go there and just screenshot yeah well i wonder if he screenshotted this. it because people want to know and it saves him having to type it up and then I don't know, someone else has gone. I like the uh, yeah, idea that the, Anthony the Green is our Australia's most anally retentive <laughs> election analyst is just going to think, oh, no, nah, I can't be bothered replying to that. I'll just send him the screen grab. What does he do during the rest of the year? Like, did oh, the, no, he's, he's always on. He's always on. Heaps. There's heaps of elections, yeah. right? So there's – because there's the state elections, there's council elections, there's local government stuff. He does – and he's an avid cyclist. Yeah. I regret that throwaway joke because <laughs> I just got taken to school. He's yeah, a cyclist. Yeah, he's a lycrocephologist. He, he likes to. <laughs> right? He's a, li- a lycrocephologist. He's a lycrocephological premonitory. They just make yeah. him sound like some sort of a predator. We'll work it out. But, but he does. Yeah, does I, don't, I don't know what he does, but I feel like he does it in a kind of lab sitting on a high-tech yeah. kind of, you know, diamond-shaped Swivel chair mm. with a cat right. and a oh, lot so of computer monitors around him. Well, just I'm I'm thinking like Lair. Lair, right? I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking sort of somewhere between you know the DefCon three in the Situation mm-hmm. Room right. and under a volcano at the end of a James Bond film. Yes, I, I like that. Somewhere he's he's an Australian icon. It's like it says a lot that a guy who specialises in being an expert on elections. Is I think it's because he's also quite charismatic in his own, you know, sort of. And I say this yeah. with we love, say this because he's one of the few of people likely to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's right. well, I was going to say, like, we've actually like I, the, the most remarkable thing about him is that he's our only one. 
Like he's basically the only one in the country yeah. who can do what he does. And, and there's a whole bunch there of people. There has who call, to be one in waiting. There are other, no, oh, there there are other are people others. who go around and you can find them on Twitter where elections are won and lost. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but people who call themselves sophologists. And it's, you can tell it's because they've just heard. Hashtag the, Ozpol is where all the undecided the word voters live. Oh, I like elections. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what Hashtag Ozpol where elections they, are won and lost. Uh, that's right. And they get things so horrendously, horrendously wrong. I remember getting an argument on Twitter where elections are won and lost with a, someone who called themselves Fuck's a sake. cephologist who thought that Labor was going to win Wentworth. Oh. And it's like... Yeah. I tell you what, though, if somehow that came out right, that was, a, that was a, 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 a real a bet that they were putting down and, oh, man, if this works out, well, I'm an the, expert forevermore. That is the theory and that is a good thing. You take an outlying position and if you're right, everyone thinks, oh, my God, you're a genius yeah, and if you're wrong, whisperer. you just won't forget about it. But I'm, I made sure that no one <laughs> forgot about it. Sam, what's a part of Twitter that's uh, captivating your Okay, well, I came today? with a different idea. My initial thing was going to come with is all the times that Liberal ministers have actually uh, engaged in kind of electric vehicles and uh, the love yeah. of electric vehicles only to find out that, you know, later on they decided they're meant to hate them. So that uh, was a thread that um, <coughs> Sam Crosby, uh, the yeah, candidate yeah. for Reid. Yeah, but, but it's been kind of going wild on um, Twitter at the moment, just the sheer number of people. But even better than that, I've got a little bit. No. Oh, here we go. Senate estimates. Right, yeah. the most boring place in Australia. Right, Senate was the only place that has less viewers than I don't know one of the shows the that Senate. Joe works on. <laughs> oh, I think hey, you mean hey. all. The, I think you mean all oh, the shows yeah, that I work on. Yeah, it's literally that's tens of viewers. That's right. No, no, no. So it's got, it's got almost Sorry, as many um <laughs> as many people tune into the Senate as they did to Joe's old show on Triple M, which got cancelled oh. after called One Percent, which was uh, which which was I think referred to in its market share. Well. Hang on, I, being myself, is a this host, a host I, on Triple M. I recall your two week stint on the overnight set. Our ratings went up. Did it? Our ratings went you up. You can't tell within a two week period. Yes, it did. The downloads went up. All right. People to oh see God. the fucking train wreck. And what he's sophologizing his <laughs> Triple M radio show. Yes. All right. We'll, okay. we'll get back to it. What are you talking about? We're all, we're all highly um, successful. Uh, yeah, that's why I say that. We've prepared, that's why we're doing actually, this podcast. One of the greatest pieces that Joe ever wrote. For, you said this Saturday Daily Telegraph piece, and the last piece you wrote for your column before you got dumped was, I've been promoted to online content. <laughs> 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 when they when they're they trying to get you to that ill-fated website called the Punch, yeah. my my tweet is actually Twitter is going a bit mad at this or while at this at the moment. Ian McDonald, a uh, former or uh, current senator, who's a, who I think is, is coming to an end, who uh, is not someone who is normally known for social media, but uh, in Senate estimates just then, uh, made the observation talking about this Huang Zhengmo issue and Penny Wong kind of jumping up and down and. and trying to get it on the agenda, saying, well, you'd want her on the agenda, wouldn't you? You two are probably related. <gasps> That's right. That's right. So let's just get here. Let's, oh. let's, okay, let's, let's, let's just let's get unpack it. this. Let's yes. unpack this. Right? I mean, you just can't mix up your racist stereotypes, right? Mm. No, the racist stereotype is they're meant to appear the same, yeah. not be related. This is a he's mixed up his Middle Eastern slash Tasmanian kind of racist slurs right. with his Asian ones, and frankly, yeah. that's just not the kind of leader we need. No. <laughs> but he's also like he's these he's made the times ta- we need our structure to our racism. The yeah, okay, I see. The whole point of the Tasmanian joke that everyone Tasmanian is related is that it's a very small place, and they're yeah. in, in Britain. Whereas is the implication China, from what I understand, Sam, and you can probably correct me on this, yeah, is yeah. a very large place. Yeah. With a lot of people in it. I've heard that, yeah. And indeed, I believe that 
Penny Wong isn't actually even from no, China. No, she's Malaysian. She's Malaysian. Right. So, well, she's South Australian. But, 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 but I used to I used to quite enjoy doing that with Americans because um, yeah. you know how Americans don't really travel well. I think on half, only half of them even have a, a passport. Passport, or yeah, yeah. So every time I meet an American, I would say, oh, my God, my dad's American. You probably know him. Put him ching. See, I'm from Does it get that good a response? Well, no, that, well, they get they get confused because they're very sincere people. So, they, well, uh, well, you know, th- th- there are quite quite a lot of us. There, I mean, there, there are fifty <laughs> okay. states. You're from Wollongong. Wow, way to dump that. Just to yeah, God's so, country, yes. most beautiful part of the world. But so I grew up in Wollongong. Yeah, and I'll get so many people all the time being like, "Oh, do you know my cousin?" And it's like, and man, it's the eighth largest. City. One time I did, I was so yeah, mad about it. But yeah. it's the eighth largest city in it's the country. The, mi- the eighth. little brag. Once there. You, one, no, I say eight. We, is I not- can't. No, but my point is, I can't Fucking possibly. Hell, people eight. assume it's smaller than it is, and I can't possibly mm. know everyone from anywhere. Are you busy telling them how the election's going to get won on Twitter? Fuck <laughs> off, man! It came out of my head. I had about twenty seconds. You to can't come up. go around telling people that Wollongong is the eighth biggest city in the. <laughs> In the country and think that's won an argument. <laughs> no, that's I don't like, think. No, no, I don't think it's won an argument. I'm just saying in terms bit, of like, in terms even of the first do you biggest city in the country yeah. is like a, a Wollongong in China. Like, is, like in. But, I, but no, I'm just saying in terms of people saying, "Oh, do you know so and so?" Like, my point is that it's a big place comparative to. Yeah, the and point is that how often did you actually know them though? Like, I bet, I bet at once. Least, okay, so in my nearly thirty years on this planet, well, that's still anyway. So. Joe, what's been happening oh, on Twitter yes. for you? Oh, yes, okay. Well, I just I just love this little tidbit um, where uh, someone um, someone tweeted a picture. Apparently the Libs are now distributing mugs, black mugs, to celebrate the budget and they're emblazoned. Like coffee the, mugs. Like coffee mugs. Right. With, uh, or whatever you want to put in it. Liberal, or whatever you want to put in it. Or other types of mugs, like, I don't know. Um, with the Liberty logo and just the words, back in black uh-huh. on them. And Elise Morgan... Has, uh, the host of the business on ABC mm-hmm. has simply retweeted that image and said, "Do they arrive next financial year?" <laughs> <laughs> little uh, little economist joke for yes, you. Yes, little economist little joke uh, there because of course the uh, surplus is uh, it's a hypothetical really, and it doesn't come into effect well, until. Yeah, but um, to down be the fair line. though, that is what budgets are for. Like the yes. budget is to budget for the next year. Yeah, for the year just gone. I'm familiar with what it's the not a budget. Is. It's, yeah. it's it's just happened. So I agree. I want to buy a mug. (laughs) Where are the mugs made? (gasps) Yeah. We need to get you on that. I'll get get on the case. Where are the mugs made? I'm always trying. I'll look into it. I'll find out. They're made in Wollongong. (laughs) (laughs) Out of pure steel. Yeah, no, out of probably coal from all the mines. They're made in Wollongong probably by someone you know. (laughs) Hey, look, fingers crossed that uh, the election date will be announced soon. I mean, maybe by the time this episode goes out, uh, it will be. But for them, in the meantime, this is I'm Usually More Professional. I'm A.H. Kaylee. Joe Hildebrand, thanks so much. Thank you, A.H. Kaylee. <laughs> I'm <laughs> usually more professional. Well, are we I'm, all? I, I'm never. I'm never more professional. This is professional as I can't go. Let's see if we can this bring you back bottom. up to some professionalism. Uh, I think it's it, it's off-brand. <laughs> Sam Dastiari, thanks for your time. Uh, hey, guys, we'll be um, less professional next week. Again. Okay.